Welcome to this week's episode of Everyday Thin Places. I'm Rachel Gallagher, and I'm an interfaith hospice chaplain. And I'm Elizabeth Ferrasso, and I'm a birth doula. And in each episode of Everyday Thin Places, we draw from our experiences supporting birthing people and dying people to explore with honesty, authenticity, and humor how we can all become more truly living people. So Rachel, have you ever just had your attention captured by somebody online on Facebook that just sort of pops up with so much wisdom, friend of a friend, someone you just keep hearing about that you're like, oh man, I just can't get enough of the wisdom they have to offer. So that is definitely the experience that I felt when I realized one of my Facebook friends kept posting all of these great blog posts by somebody named Kay Bruder. So Kay had this great blog. She had written this memoir called As Soon As I Fell. It uh, has to do with her life of living overseas for over 10 years and growing up as an Enneagram One, all these just things that really resonated with me. Um, so I... I'm so happy and proud to say that she's not just a sort of distant voice in my life now, but that over these years, I've gotten more and more to get to learn from her and enough that we got to have her here on our podcast and talk to her. It's funny that you talk about her that way, because that is exactly how I see her. So Mm -hmm. I'm like another um, degree removed from her. Mm -hmm. So Kay came into your life because of um, a mutual friend of ours who knew her. And then you brought Kay into my life. And I Mm -hmm. felt all of those same things. I mean, she is a licensed professional counselor. So she has so much wisdom to offer. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's just one of those people that you just want to like soak up their energy and their wisdom. Um, So I know exactly what you're talking about. And I'm so, so glad that I now have Kay in my life. And Mm -hmm. we can point our listeners to her. Um, She has a great website, and it's just kbruner.com, where you can find out information about her blog and her her book and her course on boundaries. That sounds amazing. She just Mm -hmm. has so much to offer. Yeah. And so we use the phrase soak up her wisdom. That's what we just did. We just had this hour of soaking up some of the very best, not all of Kay's wisdom, because she has so much more than what can fit in in just a single podcast episode. But we got to soak up wisdom from her and we get to share that now with our listeners. Um, So she was the one that came to mind when I thought about, gosh, this is a hard time of year. Mm -hmm. This is a hard time of this century that Mm -hmm. we are going through a pandemic that the holidays are coming up. Um, The holidays are already really difficult for many people, even when there's not a pandemic. So as I wondered who would have some powerful, good, hopeful things to say to all of us in this time, who better than Kay? So that's what we have today. We get to um, hear what she has to say and, and, and the good advice that she has for all of us going into this holiday season. So please enjoy our conversation with Kay Bruner about getting through this together. 
Well, it is a delight and a treat for us to have today on the podcast, Kay Bruner. Um, And she is someone who I've admired from afar. She is someone who I have enjoyed, um, just enjoyed learning from. Kay, you created this awesome Facebook group at the beginning of the (laughs) pandemic called we'll get through it together. Mm -hmm. Because as I've learned, you have this family motto. Mm -hmm. um, And you have, I I hope you'll tell us a little bit about um, the history of your family. People can even read your book to find it if they want to know more. But one of the things that sticks out to me is I remember reading the book that you wrote and thinking about these times where you were having to get off large ships into smaller boats (laughs) with tiny babies, Mm -hmm. with tiny children. And so you're not joking when you say um, whatever happens, because your family has experienced a lot and lived a really such an interesting and uh, impactful life. So can you tell us more about this family motto, whatever happens, we'll get through it together, how it came to be? Well, I I got it from somewhere. It wasn't just me. I didn't make it up. So I, I'm not exactly sure where I picked it up. But when I when I heard this, I thought, yes, because there, there are no guarantees. And that's what we've learned in our family over the years is that you can do your very best. And um, and uh, yes, I will confess to being an Enneagram one. And we are always mm-hmm. trying to do our very best at all times. And you can try to do your very best. And, and there are just so many things that are out of our control. And, um, you know, and for me, you know, trying to grapple with this idea over the years that I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing the best that I can. I followed every rule. In fact, I've made up more rules than anybody ever gave me because I thought this will help, you know, and it didn't do any good. And I've ended up in these places where I I, I don't know how I got here. I don't know how to get out. Um, and, and, and where do we go from here? And, and for me, when I came across this, Whatever happens, we'll get through it together. I just thought, okay, that is a different path from, you know, my idea that I have to just, you know, follow the rules and do everything, you know, be a perfectionist and just get it all right in order for life to be okay. Um, And there's such comfort for me in just letting go of, I, I can't control all this stuff. I can't, I cannot be in charge of everything. But what I can do is I can connect to my people. Um, I can get with my, you know, with the people that are my nearest and dearest and we will cling to each other, whatever happens, and we're going to, we'll get through it. And that has worked, um, you know, that has worked in situations that where there was nothing else that was going to help. That's it together is it. And, and so this Facebook thing, I'm like the author of, I do not know how many Facebook pages, you know, that have fallen <laughs> into oblivion, but you know, it's the great thing. You can just start something. If you don't like it anymore, forget. Um, so like the second week of the, of the lockdown, I think I was like, people are panicking, people are stressing. And I just thought, I'm just going to put up a Facebook page and just, you know, put up content that's about us just kind of, you know, hanging out and getting through it together. Um, and most of the content is just stuff that I find around that I think is, you know, funny or heartwarming or just encouraging. Um, yeah. yeah. We're getting through yeah. it together we are. eventually. <laughs> well, we are grateful for that motto. Wherever it came from originally, it came from you into our lives. <laughs> so thank you for sharing it and passing it on. Um. And I think, you know, as we think about the pandemic and then also I'm thinking like here we are at the holidays 
I don't know how they got here already. Wasn't it just 4th of July? How are we now at Thanksgiving? Mm. Um, And I don't know if many of us even realized that we would still be in this pandemic and in this (laughs) sense of, you know, we cannot gather safely unless we really take some... um, some very stringent precautions and um, we just cannot gather safely like we're used to doing for the holidays. You know, um, if business was as usual, a whole lot of us would be getting ready to travel and get together Mm -hmm. with family. And I know, I know so many people are brokenhearted to have to Mm -hmm. spend this holiday away from their loved ones. And then I also know that there are some people who are actually relieved. Like, <laughs> yeah. they finally have an excuse not to get together with some toxic family members that they felt this obligation to. Um, and so we just feel like you have so much wisdom for people in both of these situations. And um, you can decide which to talk about first, but we would love to hear from you what you would say to those people who are just devastated that they can't get together with loved ones. And then also to those who could really use this break, uh, <laughs> this holiday season, and, and um, how they can manage. Yeah. I feel like that's a really long and complicated um, (laughs) thing. But I I think, um, you know, we we lived overseas for over a decade. And one of the things that I found the most difficult when we were overseas was the holidays. Because you can't get to, obviously, you're you're across the ocean from your family. um, And also, where we lived, you couldn't get any of the things that you were supposed to have. There was no no turkey. There was nothing. There was, you know, and it was um, on the in the tropics. It was really hot, so the weather was all wrong for Thanksgiving and Christmas as well. Um, And and there's there's a real grief, you know, that comes with um, all of these things that people are missing out on this year. And I think you know to acknowledge that first of all, and to say it it is hard, um, and this is not what we want. And this is, you know, not what any of us were thinking was going to happen. And we don't like it. And that's perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. Um, But I will say that, you know, what we found when we were living overseas, you know, year after year after year of going, I don't like this. I want a turkey. I want it to be cold. I want to go home. You know, like, um, what can you do in the situation when, you know, you've, you've said all the things and you, you've hated it as much as you can hate it. And and the day is still here. What are you going to do? And the main thing that I learned living overseas that was helpful to me was that we would just have fun. Uh, So we chucked tradition completely out the window Mm -hmm. and said, doesn't matter what's going to happen on this day. We are going to have fun Mm -hmm. and we're going to, we're going to make fun for ourselves where we are. Um, So we used to, we lived on a tropical Island, you know, so we went to the beach. That's what we would do. Mm-hmm. Um, we would have movie marathons. We would play games. You know, my kids, we have these these very traditional games that nobody else plays that our family plays. And you have to do them. We have very specific foods that you have to eat mm-hmm. <laughs> that, you know, everybody expects. And I'm thinking, what if we can't get together? I really, I think I'm going to have to go around and hand deliver to my mm-hmm. children, you know, the, the, the correct Christmas breakfast casserole that everybody has to have <laughs> in our family, you know? Um, so I, I think if people can take maybe just that as a little um, 
just a little idea. You know, if tradition is not going to happen, if you can't have the things you want to have, find something that's fun for your family, however you define that, wherever you are, um, and make that day a fun day, regardless of all of the things that you you can't do or you can't have on that day. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my big overseas holidays are never right kind of mm-hmm. tip for people. Yeah. Um, and then for the folks who are, you know, being able to, you know, are ha- happy that they don't have to go and be with toxic family members. Well, okay, have fun. You know, this is your time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, enjoy. Um, do what do you know? Do what you what you want to do because this is your moment. You know. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if some of those people are going to reevaluate those relationships. And mm-hmm. and I think this is where we can plug one of the things. I don't know if you'll be doing it again soon, but you've had a great um, like course on boundaries. Yeah. For people that helping people understand. Um, you know, when, when other people react negatively to boundaries, that means that you're doing it right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's, and that's the other phrase that I love that you use is, and that's okay. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I, I would hope that maybe during this time where people realize how joyful they can be in non-toxic environments, yes. they might reimagine the holidays for themselves Absolutely. when this pandemic is over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. The boundaries course is up on my website um, and it, and I changed it to, so that people can just jump in anytime they want okay. on my website if they're, if they're interested in that. But um, yeah, certainly thinking about our boundaries at this time of year, because people are going to be facing a lot of pressure, I think, to do mm-hmm. things that are not what they want to do. Um, you know, not feeling safe and yet feeling a lot of pressure from people to get involved in situations that are Maybe not. <laughs> and, and how do you, uh, it, it's going to be tough. Like, there's mm-hmm. no doubt about it. Yeah. It's going to be a hard season for a lot of reasons. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I feel like I kind of threw that out there. Like, this is going to be a relief for a lot of people to not have to get together, to not feel that obligation. But I do feel like it is so complicated. Yeah. And I'm seeing it mm-hmm. all around me, you know, friends and mm-hmm. family members who have shared, like, so and so really wants me to come over and I feel obligated and everybody else who has been invited is doing it. Mm -hmm. And how do I say like, I don't feel safe or, you know, my safety measures seem to be different from what your family is doing. You know, it's just an extra layer of complication. Yeah. Boundaries. I, yeah, I think, you know, this year, perhaps we all learn a little more about, our willingness to set boundaries and our abilities to mm-hmm. hold boundaries. And um, yeah, maybe this is um, a skill that we're all working on right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so. Uh, I, I'm going to give you a little um, a little acronym that I heard. Again, this is not mine. I found this somewhere, but it's mm-hmm. JADE. It's the things you are not required um, when it comes to your boundaries. You are not required to JADE. Justify, argue, defend, or explain you just say, I can't do that. That's not going to be possible. Mm -hmm. We wish we could, but this year it's not going to be possible. Mm -hmm. And let it be, let it be. I mean, I, I know this, like I've, you know, (laughs) like I know this in my head, but I will tell you the hardest thing is when it's somebody that you really love and you really care about who asks you to do something that is, you know, is not going to work for you. And that's the time when you're going to just start to explain and try to justify what you're doing. And it never 
whatever makes it better. Because yeah. that person, they want what they want, and you've got what you need to do. And and there's a gap here, you know. And I think just accepting that we're going to disagree here, and I'm going to have to let y'all do what you need to do, and I'm going to have to do what I'm going to have to do. And I hope that at some point maybe we can come to some understanding. But if not, we still have to do what we have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's hard. That's hard. You know, like I, when the, I remember the first time I, I read the boundaries book, you know, back in the nineties like, or something. And I thought, here's what I thought. I thought, I'm going to just say to people, here's my boundary. And they're all going to go, oh, hallelujah. <laughs> I just never knew. Thank you so much for telling me. That's not what happened. No. <laughs> that's not what happened. I was like, oh, here's my boundary. People were like, no, uh-uh. <laughs> You don't need to have that boundary. You should be doing this. And I was like, well, this isn't right. Help me. (laughs) So the Jane thing has been just so helpful to me because, you know, just to be able to say, this is what I can do and let it be. Mm -hmm. Just let it be. And when they react ugly, you just pull out that other power phrase that says, and that's okay. And that's okay. It's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, because it's hard for them too. You know, I mean, we're not just talking about, it's not just hard for me. It's hard for the other person. They need something and I'm not going to be able to give it to them. And that's going to be a struggle for them. And it's okay for them to be in their process about that too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you already alluded to, you know, the times that you were far away from family and not getting all of the delights of um, holiday times, use the word grief Mm -hmm. Um, and grief obviously can have so many different forms or sort of we've I've grieved not being able to put my kids on the school bus yeah. this year <laughs> and yeah. and that's a real grief but uh there obviously too is just this actual intense hard to wrap our minds and hearts around grief of the loss of human life mm-hmm. that we are all facing um Rachel and I both in this past month have lost our grandmothers mm. You know, older age, full lives, not not from COVID, just run of the mill, mm-hmm. um, losing someone. Yeah. Um, and that's hard. But I, I don't know what the numbers are going to be up to between the time that we record this and the time that this is going to be listened to by people. But we're like blowing right past a quarter of a million of people yeah. who have died yeah. in our country from COVID. Yeah. Um, and people who lost loved ones in an untimely way, even mm. years ago, this is just a time of year that pierces at that grief. Yeah. And so I'm wondering how this sense of togetherness, of getting through things together can work when we're missing people. Mm-hmm. We can't be together with certain people. Yeah. How does that togetherness still work? It's magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, I'll I'll just help myself here and say my my daughter died two, it'll be two and a half years by the time Christmas rolls around. And um, it just means that um, the holidays are just really hard. Mm -hmm. Instead of this happy thing, I mean, there's some, you know, there's some happy things that you can still do for sure. But um, it's just difficult. It's just really, really tough. Um, I, I, I said to my youngest, um, um, it, it, there's just this, I can't, I can't, 
like wrap my head around the fact that my daughter's not going to be here ever again. And, and so, and when you get together, it is often the worst um, because there's always somebody missing. And, And it's not like I'm consciously trying to make myself think about that. It's just, the reality that, that there is this, um, there's just this gap that's never, ever going to be filled. Um, the thing that I have found like in is about the holidays, (laughs) the last, this is, this will be our third is I need, I I need something to look forward to. Like I need some light somewhere, Mm -hmm. you know, like, because I know that this is going to be really heavy. This is going to be really hard. I'm going to do the things, you know, like I'm going to make the right food and we're going to do the things, you know, but there's always going to be this person who's, you know, gone from us and is not here. I need some light. I need something to look forward to. Um, Last year, what I looked forward to was we went to Cancun and went to the Yucatan after Christmas, drove around for a week. And I was like, well, that that helped. Yeah. It just helps to have something to look forward to. Kind of goes back to that thing about having fun. You know, like we've got to, like alongside this grief, like got to put some light next to it, I think. Um, and, And so for me, you know, something to look forward to. It can't just be, you know, Christmas. And then, you know, I hope that was the happiest day of the year. Cause that's never going to be true for me anymore. I don't think, mm-hmm. you know, whereas we, you know, we have that expectation, I think, you know, that, that Thanksgiving, that Christmas, these are going to be the happiest days of the year. And for me, they're actually some of the most difficult days of the year now. Yeah. So I can do the things and then there needs to be some light afterwards you know, something for me to do. I haven't figured it out this year. I actually put the light first and went to Sedona for a month before the holidays. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen after. We'll figure something out. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, give yourself something to look forward to in this, I think. Something. Yeah. And I, I think like that's something, it's not small or petty to have that something be something for your body. Oh, yeah. Or something frivolous or something silly. There's mm-hmm. such a wide spectrum of things that we're made to delight in as yeah. humans. And sometimes we just need that permission to say, I mean, I find that to be true just for it. It's a time of year where weather sort of makes me grieve. We don't mm. see the sun. That yeah. sun is not showing up. We are not in Sedona. We're in Philadelphia right now. Yeah. And it's it's dreary. Um, so I turned the space heater on under my desk so that mm-hmm. I could feel really cozy right now. But it's sometimes it's just all these um, teeny tiny ways that we can practice delight for ourselves. And um, yeah, yeah. And, I, you know, and I want to say this, you know, like trauma, like this is what we're talking about when we're talking about death and, and the magnitude of death that we're looking at now is this massive massive trauma that everyone is suffering at some level or another um that is embodied yeah it's not some theoretical thing that just only sits in you know some certain part of your brain and you can think your way out of it is trauma especially death is an embodied trauma for the survivors and i never really understood that very well until my daughter died and my my experience of death has been and the trauma of my daughter's death has been so physical Mm um yeah i have been i have been ill like i have never been in my life Mm -hmm. for the past two plus years um i i have been in physical pain like i have never been in my life since my daughter died um 
I'm pretty, I'm a writer. I haven't written anything pretty of, of any significance in two years. It, it's just been the most disorienting mm-hmm. um, sort of experience and not what I expected. Um, and so when you say, Elizabeth, you know, like doing something for your body, I'm going to say yes to that 100% yeah. because your physical body is what is carrying this trauma. And yeah. so caring for our physical bodies, you know, that's why I'm hiking, you know, the, you know, because I, this is, I, I'm a therapist. I, I've got to have something to give back to people and I've got to do something for my physical self that's going to help carry me forward, um, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I feel for people who live where it's dark in the winter. Mm-hmm. I really do. This is, we moved to Texas kind of by accident. Um, it was my husband's job was here. We came here. I, well, I live in Dallas. It's a big city. I don't love a big city. Um, but the sun shines. Yeah. And that is, I love that. I, I, I don't think I could ever move out of the desert Southwest now because I am, a, I've realized, you know, like the light um, just matters to me so much. And it's interesting because like all of the, um, like if you look at the religious traditions of this time of year, they're all about light. Mm. You look at them all. I mean, the most ancient ones that we know of, um, like 5,000 years ago, the Neolithic people with their um, tombs that they built in Ireland, those things are, they are all oriented to the winter solstice. Mm -hmm. So when the sun comes up, on December the 21st, the light shines right into these incredible, um, these, these passage tombs that they have in Ireland. It's, it's crazy. That is like 3,000 years before Christ, 2,000 years before the pyramids of Giza. Um, you know, like the Yucatan. We were in the Yucatan last year. And all of those huge temple complexes, they are all oriented towards the solstices and the equinoxes. And same thing again, you'll find these light boxes in some of these temples where when the sun comes up on that particular day, the light shines right straight Mm -hmm. through Chaco Canyon in Northern New Mexico. There are, there are light boxes. There are spirals. All of these cultures have spirals with light that shines on them. Wow. And those are the ancient, ancient ones, but think of Diwali, Mm -hmm. you know, and Mm -hmm. think of Hanukkah. Mm -hmm. Um, Christmas is about, you know, the gospel of John, you know, the light mm-hmm. shines in the darkness and the darkness can't overcome it. Um, it's all about light. <laughs> yeah. And and I think, you know, honoring that, you know, in any way that you can, if you live in a dark place, I would say buy up the twinkle lights, girlfriend, yeah. you know, <laughs> make it be the toilet paper yeah. <laughs> you know? um, and just, <laughs> and the physical light, I think really, really matters this time yeah. of year. And every ancient religious culture and tradition tells us that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anybody who's listened to our previous episodes knows we have a slight obsession with candles. Mm. <laughs> and so, and actually, I can't believe I totally forgot to light my candle before this episode. We always, Rachel, do you have yours lit? It's behind me. Can you see oh, it? Oh, I know. I, it. <laughs> I totally failed to light my candle. That's okay, Kay, because you brought, you brought the light. You brought the, <laughs> you're just shining on us from Arizona. But gosh, that's so true. When it's, when that light is scarce, we have to, we have to magnify it and mm-hmm. identify it and pull it in and let it shine on our bodies yeah. and, and through our bodies even more, even more. 
And thank you for the permission to buy up the sparkle lights because yeah. I literally have them <laughs> sitting in my cart ready to hit. Yes. <laughs> Check do out. It. So do when it, we're it. done recording, <laughs> that's going to be on my list of to do. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, even there's. I'm thinking about all different ways that we can do this, right? So, I am like you. I love a good trip to Cancun in the middle of winter. Mm. That is one of my favorite (laughs) things to do. But you know, right now that is probably not in the cards. And so, and then also, I'm thinking about like as far as my budget. That's a big budget item. Mm -hmm. Um, But last night I turned on on YouTube, on my TV, just a crackling fireplace. Mm-hmm. And it just felt so cozy. And that's something that costs me next to nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, we have to get creative, light all the candles, mm-hmm. um, you know, plug in all the sparkle lights. Mm-hmm. Oh, we, we, I mean, travel is my jam. I mean, it's, this is the thing that Andy and I said, you know, when, when our kids are gone, what are we going to do? We want to travel. This is what we want to do. Um, and, but we found these flyover videos on Google, on our Google Chromecast. I don't know if anybody's found these yet, but they're awesome. It's like 11 hours of flying over tropical islands. It's just <laughs> wow. great. It costs you nothing again. You know, we just put that on and go, oh yeah, we're going to go there. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and again, it's fine. Give yourself something to look forward to plan, you know, mm-hmm. put something out there that, that sounds like it's going to be fun and, you know, do all your flyovers forever until you get there. <laughs> I'll have to look into that. That sounds right up my alley. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're going to have to get your husband on the podcast one day to give everybody the travel hacks Oh yeah, for how to like travel on a dime mm-hmm. and you yeah. guys are experts on that as well <laughs> yeah it's not like we have a big budget but we know we know how to do it so yeah. yeah so you kind of mentioned this that you are in the middle of a trip to Sedona mm-hmm. um and that brings me to a question that I have which is you know how are you experiencing thin places right now mm-hmm. and how do you how do you plan to experience thin places in the coming weeks and months what are your plans of things that you're looking forward to get out every day every day I mean nature it to me is just a, a healer it, it really is. And whatever is happening in the world with the craziness of humanity, to me, to just go out and just look at what's here and the just the incredible beauty of it, mm-hmm. that's what does it for me. I'm like two blocks from the Buddhist temple and Peace Park. Um, and so I just I can stroll over there mm-hmm. and just there's so many birds and, you know, there's the prayer flags. And I love other I, I love other religious traditions. I love the wisdom, you know, that human beings have. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just to, to just be present and just breathe. Um, mm-hmm. I, there's something it just releases in me, you know, mm-hmm. beauty and nature and just being in my body in this beautiful place. There's something about it. It's not, you know, it's kind of beyond, it's, it's transcendent to me. It's beyond me and what I, again, my need for control, you know, I'm going to go out and, and walk, you know, yesterday we walked six miles out to this beautiful thing. We took a wrong path coming back, which added, you know, like a little bit too our <laughs> but you know, what we saw on this path that we hadn't planned to take 
you know, when, when this thing happens, it would not be the thing that I would do or had I, you know, like read the signpost properly and been in control of the situation, you know, we walked through this beautiful dry Creek bed um, and then past the signpost where somebody had hung some little beads in the tree that said, take this home and spread kindness, you know, wouldn't have seen it if I hadn't mm-hmm. taken the wrong path and gone the wrong way. And, you know, just being present in my body and in my life um, in a beautiful place is a gift. Mm. That's a beautiful metaphor for life, mm-hmm. right? Like you think it is the wrong path. Mm. Oh, yeah, always. <laughs> <laughs> this is this has got to be wrong. <laughs> and you're given beauty that you wouldn't have otherwise experienced. Yeah. 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 I think maybe one of the other facets that is sort of the elephant in the room, at least for Americans, is like, what a year we've been through. Some mm-hmm. would even say, what for? What four years we've been through? Mm-hmm. And I know um, in some of the anxiety and angst that I've felt in recent weeks, I just thought, we got to turn off the TV and I just need to go be with things that are older than this country. Yes. <laughs> I want to go yes. be, I don't know if there's any, I know there's parts of Pennsylvania that have, has very old trees, but if I could have transported myself to the redwoods mm-hmm. and I could have touched something that has been alive longer than any person who's alive mm-hmm. today, yeah. there's just such a sense of, uh, and I love how you brought up the, um, these ancient wisdom traditions or these artifacts from the little that we can find out about these people that lived on this earth thousands and thousands of years ago um it's it makes you feel small but also coming back to this phrase of like we'll get through it together Mm -hmm. i feel so connected like to feel connected to the earth to feel connected to other people and there's such a comfort in that Mm -hmm. and for me even like a comfort in the people that have gone beyond Mm -hmm. um my i mentioned you know my grandmother passed away it's just been about 10 days ago um and i have some wind chimes on my front porch and they're sort of tucked back in this corner like i don't know i hung them in the worst spot there's not much wind (laughs) you have to work up a good gust for the wind to come. Um, but there was a couple of windy days just right when we knew she was dying and mm. after she died. And just the fact that this wind chose to sneak itself up in the corner mm. and, and play those chimes. And mm-hmm. I can hear that. And I'm like, okay, my grandma's not here anymore, but this wind, what yeah. is this wind scene? Mm-hmm. And whose face has this wind comforted? And, yeah. um, and so there is just so much, um, there's so much just waiting for us to pay attention to. I think that wants to be a comfort and that wants to be a source of connection in this mm-hmm. time where we feel grief and we feel disconnection. Yeah. 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 I, I wear this necklace all the time that somebody gave me right after Libby died. Um, Cause I wrote something on Facebook um, that said the darkness tried to take her. It, it didn't know that she is light. And mm-hmm. so my friend gave me this necklace that says she is light. Um, and, um, and also I don't, my friend who did this, I don't think she knew, but it's on a circle. Um, and so, and because of my love for, you know, ancient traditions, wisdom traditions and the circles and the spirals that are all around Ireland and Scotland. And, um, 
in the Yucatan and at Chaco Canyon, it's all the spiral and the circle is always, always there everywhere with the light. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there are, and, and I've really come to feel like, you know, when you lose someone who's, who's very close to you, um, it makes you think of your own death, you know, like what, yeah. what, what is this going to be? Um, and, and I've come to say, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay with being in the wind and I'm okay with being, um, in the red rocks and I'm okay with being in the light, you know, like we, we don't know what, what comes next. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think, and I, I do feel when I, when I visit those places, Chaco Canyon, Mayan temples, um, Bruna Boyne in, in Ireland, I feel that deep connection. Like we are all the same. Mm-hmm. We all have the same questions. We all have the same sadness. We all have the same fears and hopes and dreams, you know. And, and I, I, I think this, you know, this, this longing for the light that you see over and over. People are building these incredible structures and huge. I mean, how did they get a 10 ton rock into the ceiling, oh you gosh. know, like 5,000 yeah. years ago? Yeah. Like, I don't know. But it was so important to them. And they did this, you know, out here in the desert, and they're building these massive kivas in the ground, all these circles and all lined up, you know, with the sun. And like, what, what were they thinking? And it, it, it speaks to me, you know, and I do think we are all connected. Um, I don't know. And even though like this, I'm, I feel so connected to these ancient people and we are all going to be in our own homes and separated from each other. But maybe somehow we can feel some connection with each other if we, you know, if we do step outside yeah. and feel the earth, you know, as dark as it may be where you are or as sunny as it may be where I am, you know, and find ourselves looking at the same stars. Yeah. You know. And that wind that goes where it's going to go mm-hmm. and all of those things, you know, we, we are part of this mm-hmm. and it's okay. It's okay. We are all going to be together and we're going to be okay somehow, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it's okay. I, I think that with all the unknowns of, I mean, there's times where I thought I knew it all. But now with all the unknowns and the openness that I have towards the mystery of what happens after a human breathes their last breath, probably the strongest conviction I have is like somehow we become more together. Mm -hmm. Somehow when I'm not in this individual body, I'm going to be more together with every, every human, Mm -hmm. whatever. And that's all I got. And the earth. And the earth. Yeah, and the yeah. earth. The beautiful, incredible earth. Yeah. I'm so glad we share this earth with you. <laughs> I'm so glad that there is this particular human expression of goodness and light and love called K that we're getting to talk to today. Oh, thank you. I often think about how fortunate I am to be living at the same time as some of my favorite people. Like, you know, like, do you ever think about that? Like, I could have been born 300 years ago and missed out on Kay and Elizabeth. Mm -hmm. But we get to share this earth at this time 
together. And I just think that's so beautiful. And I'm so grateful that Elizabeth brought you into my life, Kay. Oh, um, thank you. Yeah. Oh, I just feel like you have so much wisdom to offer. And I'm really grateful for you sharing yourself with our listeners. Thank you, guys. Thank you both for being such an encouragement to me. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sitting in Arizona, and you guys are <laughs> making me feel so loved and cared for. Oh, good. <laughs> Magic. Mm. <laughs> well, I would love to help our listeners to connect with you further. Is there anywhere that they can find you on the internet? How can they learn more about um, this boundaries course that you talked about? Mm-hmm. Um, where can people find you? Yes, uh, kbruner.com. <laughs> Just one end, K-A-Y-B-R-U-N-E-R. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't very creative when I did named my my blog or my website, but there you go. It's easy to find that way. You were so. straightforward, which is often very helpful. <laughs> you know what? The last one, Enneagram One, who we interviewed, same thing. We just really? had the same discussion about how her website is erinsur.com and all of her socials are exactly that. So thank goodness for the awesome ones in the world. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I didn't know why I did that, but it was a one thing apparently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And so um, people can read blog posts that you've written in mm-hmm. the past. People can um, sign up for that boundaries course. People can, of course, come and follow that. We'll get through it together. Facebook group. We'll yeah. link all of these on our show notes from this page. Um, and then the one other thing that we always ask each guest, um, and since you're so kind to have regularly listened to our podcast, we're not going to be catching you off guard, is that we're always wanting to give our guests a chance to voice uh, a charity, a cause, an organization that is um, close to their heart. And so if we could direct people to give and be generous on your behalf, where could we send them? I would love to direct people to the Well Community in Dallas, it's a drop-in um, community center for folks who have chronic mental illness. Mm-hmm. And it is one of the sweetest and best places that I have ever been in my life. Mm-hmm. And um, I, their work is, it's a beautiful thing. So mm-hmm. the well community in Dallas, yeah. Wonderful. Well, we'll do that. Um, and we just thank you so much for Uh, for spending this time talking to us for getting our foot in the door so that we can have you back again and again because I think there's so much more uh, that you have to offer as far as just wisdom and perspective and delight and so we're really glad we're really glad that we got to have this conversation but we're really glad that there's just an ongoing opportunity for us to keep enjoying all the good that you put out into the world thank you guys so much yeah thanks for joining us Now it's our turn to hear from you. So would you do us a big favor and go into your podcast app and rate us? Even better, would you write us a glowing review? That will help other listeners to find us. And make sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. You can also visit our website at everydaythinplaces.com where you will find all sorts of fun and interesting information as well as learn about how you can help to support this podcast and earn special exclusive perks. There you will also find links to follow us on social media or else just pop directly over to Instagram or Facebook where you will find us at Everyday Thin Places. Thanks so much for joining us today. Until next time, I'm Elizabeth. And I'm Rachel. Bye. Bye.